Alright, today, my guidance counselor, he asked me about my future. I was like, what? Yeah, he told me that I'm at the age where I'm supposed to be planning for my future or something, making some roadmap to success. Whatever. Well, as lame as it sounds, I actually tried it. Check this out. Alright? So I planned out from today on, pretty much. I think it's a pretty good plan. You know, my guidance counselor said something about detours, how I'm supposed to plan for things that aren't, don't go exactly to plan, but whatever. I have a great plan. I mean, check this out. In five years, I want to be a journalist for the L.A. Times. It'll happen. So until then. Okay, so it's been a while, so let's catch up. Here's the plan. I'm mostly on with my plan. I mean, I do work for the L.A. Times in the mail room. Okay, a job is a job, right? Well, anyway, that's just one thing that's off of my plan. Everything else is pretty solid. The next plan, five years from now, I'm going to be married. It's going to happen. So see you then. a simple planned out life you know I mean I don't ask for much a husband a car a house a good job a boss that respects me a couple of friends a dog one kid only one kid at the most you know I'm, I'm tired of this okay I'm not going to tell you where I'm going to be in five years we're just going to see what happens we'll see what happens oh, what happened oh Trust me, this is not some kind of weird picture I got off the internet and thought it was cute. Um, these are my kids. A few more than one, I'll admit. And I got one on the way. So, five. You know, my old high school counselor did talk a lot about detours, about life not going like you planned. I guess I didn't listen very well. <laughs> so. Oh, Billy, Billy! <laughs> Change happens. It really does. Um, that's what we're looking at today. We're applying faith to different aspects of our lives, and we're going to look at, at change and how that affects us. I'd like to introduce uh, a couple of people that are here that are important to me and actually important to the congregation. You may not know it. I, I don't see Joni. I think she ducked out. She just left. I apologize. She just left. She was sitting here, but Gary Hamilton's here. Gary, would you stand? Gary, Gary is, uh, let's give him a hand. I'll tell you why we're giving him a hand. <laughs> Gary and Joni, when we left Fort Worth, went to graduate school, Cindy and I in Fort Worth, and uh, she and Thad and I came to start the church here. Well, Gary and Joni, just a few months after that, moved out with us to help start the church uh, in 19. I think they got here by the end of the year. Joni uh, is, was the first children's ministry director that we had, and uh, Gary was plugging away. We had, Gary and I and a guy named Thad King, and many of you know and have heard about, in college, we all planned to start a church together. That was our plan. That's what we wanted to make happen. And uh, God allowed us to work together for 
Gary and Joni for two or three years, and then God called them to go to Chico, uh, California, and start a church. They've been there for, uh, how old is the church, Gary? Old. We're old, and the church is getting old. 18, 18 years, that's what I thought. So they've been there for 18 years. They started a church, done, done a, a great job at, at helping people come to know Christ and uh, grow up in Him. And so they're moving on there. And then Thad, Thad and Rhonda left later on. But Gary and Joni uh, have been friends for a long time. And since we're speaking of change, that was, that was different than our plan. You know, we weren't expecting uh, for them to go out, but God let them to do that. He's really used them and been a blessing uh, through them to many, many people. Um, that's, that's what goes on in life. A couple other changes that are happening or new things that are going on. Things are happening this week. Uh, Alex Barrett, who would normally do the announcements, and I'm going to take his place in a little while. They, he and Sam, actually Sam gave birth to the child. Uh, but they, <laughs> they have a, a, a baby boy, Levi Randall, who was... Uh, let me think about this. Eight pounds, four ounces, and 21, and a, 21 inches long. And then Shane, who normally leads worship, uh, his wife <laughs> gave birth to a little girl on Friday, Megan Joy. And she was 20 inches long and eight pounds, two ounces, I believe. Is that right? Grandparents are right here. I knew I could verify that. Um, but anyway, they're, they're out. And things are going on. We're in our family, Thad and Gina, my son Thad, and his wife, Gina, uh, which is new, <laughs> by two weeks yesterday. Uh, they've been in town. We've been enjoying them. And Thad and I are trying to deal with the fact that we're now outnumbered. There are three women and two men in the mix when the whole family is together. So we're, we're trying to deal with that. But let's face it, change is a fact of life. That's how it flows. It happens on a large scale and on a small scale. Uh, God, God brings things in and out of our lives. Nothing that we experience in our lives goes around God. It all flows from His hand. He allows it, the good and the bad. There are good changes that we have to adjust to. There, there are disappointments, struggles. There are goals that we don't reach. There are things that sometimes we don't understand. Uh, but all of our lives, the unexpected twists and turns, they, they flow from the hand of God. And as you learn to walk by faith, you may be trying to figure out what it means to follow Christ or figuring out what it means to, to know God. Um, if you come to know him and you really understand that he exists and that he really blesses and rewards those who believe in him and have faith in him and walk with him, faith that really follows through and walks with him, uh, you, you, you understand, and there's a tremendous amount of confidence in the fact that as the, the years and the months and the weeks and the days take unexpected twists and turns, God is in the middle of it. It's passed through his hand, and he wants to use these things in your life for your good, for your blessing, and for the blessing of many, many people. Change is a fact of life. How you deal with change is going to flavor your life, and it's going to determine a couple of things, for sure. It'll determine many things, really, but a couple of them are this. It's, it's going to determine your level of enjoyment in life. God, God wants us to enjoy life, but how you handle change and unexpected events are, is going to flavor 
your life, whether it's sour or sweet. You, you can get sour, but uh, it's, it's going to affect that. It's also going to affect your effectiveness in accomplishing God's purpose. You know, God, God made you, Scripture says, and he put you on this earth to accomplish what he wants through you. And um, if, as, as you live life and you face the unexpected twist or the turn, it's very easy to get contorted because my plan's not working. Did it bother you that she scratched out on her plan on the video? <laughs> you know, did that bother you? It sort of bothers me a little bit. That she, you know, I like a nice, crisp, clean plan. There's something in me just wants to keep it the way it is. You know, if you're, if you're focused on the piece of paper or the plan you have in your mind, you're missing what God's doing right here. What he's doing through your life as he's allowed it to, to take the turn that it has. So if you're getting all twisted up about the changes in your life, then you're missing what God's doing right now. And, and you're missing the purpose that he wants to accomplish in your life through the events that are going on. God, God made everything for its own purpose, Scripture says. Uh, how we respond to the changes determines how well we will do in our family life, in our work life, in our ministry, in, in every arena uh, that we, hand, that we are, are working through. Uh, we're going to look today at how to apply faith to the changes we deal with, both on a grand scale, a large scale, because we, we look at our lives and we have ideas about the way we want it to go. We have goals, we have dreams, we have ideas. And then we're also going to look at how God wants us to handle the details. Because if you get the big picture down, as you walk through your day, uh, you can handle the details as well in the same way. So first thing to understand is this. God is directing our lives to fulfill his purposes. That's what he's doing. He, he's He's directing. Um, Proverbs 16.1 says, the plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. This was originally written in Hebrew, uh, the Old Testament was, and the word plans literally means to arrange or place together. So that's, that's sort of what we do as people. We, we have different pieces of our life, different ideas and parts of our life and we we want to arrange them just the way we would like and we map out our career we we map out the way we want our family life to go whether we'd like kids no kids family no family we think this through we have we have a business plan we go to work it um we we know the college we want to get get into and so we're working toward that we we have a plan even in our day, we have a plan for the, the family to visit De Disneyland. Now, the reason we would do that is because it's the happiest place on earth. Okay, that's why you go to Disneyland. And your, your idea is, hey, as a family, we're going to go, we're going to enjoy this, we're going to go on this ride, that ride. And you know what? You're not quite sure that it's going to be all that happy. I've seen some pretty unhappy people at the happiest place on earth. Because you can't control how the day is going to go. I mean, not even a day. A day at Disneyland. You're not quite sure how it's going to turn out. So we have an idea of how we want our life, how we want our years, how we want our months and our days to come together. And then the scripture says 
God tells us whether it's going to work out that way. The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. He gives his reply, yes, your plan is going to be fulfilled. No, it's not. Wait. So we have delays sometimes. We're disappointed. We have blessing. And we deal with the changes all from the hand of God. He's giving the answer to our plans. He's telling us, yes, I'm in on that. No, I'm not. Proverbs 16.9 says, The mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Sheer frustration sets in when we try to make a puzzle piece fit against God's plan and purpose. Now, you, 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 you may have tried that, or maybe you're doing that with your whole life. You're trying to make it fit, and it doesn't. Have you ever taken a piece? It looks like it should fit there. Of a puzzle, you're putting this thing together. You know this is the one. It just won't work. It's, it, it just won't fit together. So we're arranging and we're planning and we're looking at our lives. And sheer frustration is going to set in if you try to fit pieces together that God is not behind. God, God's the one that's answering. God's the one that directs our steps. He, he's in control. There's another verse that's not on the screen or in your listening guide. In Proverbs 16, it says, The Lord works out everything for his own ends, even the wicked for the day of disaster. Even the wicked. So, God is directing your life to fulfill his purpose for you, whether or not you're cooperating with him. It's the way it goes. He, he is in charge of what's going on in your life. What you find is there's a tremendous amount of blessing if you get in sync. And you try to cooperate and follow him. That's what it means to follow Christ. One of the core things that it means is, I'm giving myself to you, God. Lord Jesus, I'm giving myself to you. I'm tired of trying to live life on my own, doing it my way, arranging all the pieces the way that they fit. And I'm going to turn around. I'm going to give my life to you. I'm going to set my heart on doing life for you and for your purpose. That's, that's at the core of what it means to follow Christ is to set your heart on doing him. Now, if you do that, there's some promises that God's given that, that we can count on. And before we look at how to face change in faith, which we're going to look at in a little bit, I'd like to look at a couple things. I'd like to look at where God will take you if you put your trust in him, and then I'd like to look at some limits on God's guidance so that you just know up front what to expect as God's guiding us through the twists and turns of life. First of all, things will go better for those who fear him. Uh, last week we looked at how fear of the Lord is the front side of faith. You fear God. What that means, Scripture talks about it a lot. What it means is that you take God so seriously that you, you do what he wants in, in the, the circumstances and situations of your life. You, you revere him. You, you honor him. You respect him so much that I'm going to stay in the boundaries that he set up, and I'm going to deal with the things that flow through my life, circumstances, situation after situation. I'm going to think, what does God want here? I'm going to try to do that. That's what it means to, to fear God. Ecclesiastes 8.12 says, Although a wicked man commits a hundred crimes and still lives a long time, I know it will go better uh, with God-fearing men who are reverent before God. That's the front side of faith. On the front, you say, okay, God is there. He's watching. 
He's paying attention to my life, every detail, and I'm going to try to please him because I know that will make a difference. If, if, you, if you experience a change or a disappointment, it's easy to start looking around and, and realize, hey, uh, you know, that person isn't even trying to follow God, and boy, things are going great for them. That's, what, that's what's happening here in Ecclesiastes. Solomon's going through a midlife crisis. He's evaluating things. He's, but he says, he, he's noticed as he's thought this through, I'm not going to envy the wicked. I'm not going to envy the evil guy. But I know it goes better over the course of time and in through eternity for those who fear God. So hold, we hold on to that. Um, second thing you, you, God does for those who promise is uh, Christ followers are given abundant life. We'll, we'll have abundant life. The thief, Jesus said this, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. This is the life Jesus promises to those who follow him. Abundant life. Super abundant. I, look, I looked up in a Hebrew dictionary what that meant. Super abundant, or in a Greek dictionary, sorry. Super abundant, superior kind of life. This is what Jesus wants us to have. As we learn to follow him, that's the kind of life he gives. Then it says in Proverbs that the Lord will make our paths straight. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Look up the word providence in the dictionary. There's a couple definitions. Providence with a capital P uh, means that God omnisciently is directing the universe and the affairs of humankind with wise benevolence. That's, that's what this verse is saying, um, really one of the things. But that's, that's what we're talking about. Faith, we're ha- we, faith is expressed as we trust God to be using everything in our life for our good. Wise benevolence, to be using everything what's going to happen. Because as you follow God... He doesn't, he doesn't give you a map. He gives you a lamp. He gives you a lamp that shows you a couple steps ahead. And so, But as you follow him, the promise is this. He will make your path straight. He will take you right where you should go, right to the goal, the right goal, the good goal, the best thing for you. He will take you there. He will remove the obstacles. He will remove the hindrances. And he will make your path straight, directly there. No going in circles with God. He will take, he will take you there. Um, anyway, there are limits on God's guidance, and that's what I was saying. Uh, we don't have a map. He's not going to map out our lives. He's going to give us a lamp. The scripture says the, the word, the scripture is a lamp. God is not ever, he'll use it for us, and he gives us victory in it, but it's not going to go. Uh, Jesus said in John 16:33, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus straightforward and honest. This is up front. I want you to know you're going to still have trouble if you follow me. Important shift I made at one point in my life was I decided to quit trying to eliminate trouble and start dealing with it as it came. You know, I, I, there was a point in which I, I would try to protect myself from it. 
If I could just get it right, I wouldn't deal with trouble. I just, if I could just, if I could have one day where it all came together, it'd be great. I gave up on the one day. I just gave up. I just started, hey, as as life comes, I'm going to deal with it. And over time, God will show you how to bring less trouble on yourself. But he is not going to eliminate it altogether. Because the interesting thing is, he's using it. In the middle of the trouble, he wants to use you to bless people you're going through it with, to train yourself, to grow yourself, to change your character, and all of that. But it's not ever going to go away. Another thing about God's guidance, we'll never understand everything that's going on. Ecclesiastes 8 says, When I applied my mind to know wisdom and to observe man's labor on earth, his eyes not seeing sleep day or night, then I saw all that God has done. No one can comprehend what goes on under the sun. Despite all his efforts to search it out, man cannot discover its meaning. Even if a wise man claims he knows, he cannot really comprehend. So here's what this means. If I can't figure it out, I've got to trust somebody who does, who can, who knows, who does comprehend and understand everything that's going on. I can't figure out what God's doing in the big scheme of things, but I know right now, whatever I'm facing, whatever I'm dealing with, he wants me to figure out what's right before him. And he wants me to do right by the people that I'm relating to. And he wants me to learn prudence, which is just smart planning and hard work and figuring out how to, how to move ahead. That I know for sure. God, God's word will help you connect dots more and more to see how your choices are affecting your level of blessing or unblessing in life, but we'll never be able to understand it all. We're just not. Uh, another thing that there's a limit on is he, God is not going to make life predictable. Just might as well factor that in. Ecclesiastes 9.1. So I reflected on all this and concluded that the righteous and the wise and what they do are in God's hands. But no man knows whether love or hate awaits him. In other words, no, we're just not quite sure how the day is going to go. Whether there's, there's love or hate around that corner that we're dealing with. God has allowed whatever's going on in your life right now. And he wants us to handle it rightly. In, in baseball... They say that you shouldn't sit on a fastball. And uh, one of the hardest things for someone to learn to do is hit a curveball. Somebody's throwing the ball 90 miles an hour. You want to you wanna try to be ready for that fastball. But if the guy has a good curveball that's a lot slower and you're waiting for the fastball, expecting the fastball, you're going to swing ahead of that fastball. You're going to be off balance when the curveball comes. You can look silly at the plate when that when that happens, uh, really pretty silly. Um, I've looked silly <laughs> as, I've, as I've done that. What they're saying is don't sit on the fastball. Don't sit there and wait just for the fastball. You've got to expect a curve. So you have to keep your balance so that if you're, you know, if you're thinking fastball and a curve comes, you're not out there in front of it and ahead of it. That's, that's what this per, that passage is saying in a sense. Um, Realize that as you walk through your day, it, it might go well and it might not. So don't be surprised. 
if there's a change to the idea that you had for how the day was going to go. The problem that's in front of you that crops up, if, if you're getting twisted up and upset about the change to your plan, you know, you go to work, you're thinking, oh, I'm going to spend all day working on this project, and then there's a snag. We can get so twisted up about the snag that we're missing the, we're not putting the energy into dealing with the problem. Same in relationships, you know, we just want it to go a certain way, and there's some conflict. There's a change in a person's heart or attitude. We, we, can, we can see it as an interruption and annoyance, and we can resent it. We can say, hey, this has occurred. Now, what am I going to do to make it better? What can I do, God? Help me here. Help me figure out what it is you want me to do and how to bless them, how to work through this conflict or this problem. How can I do right by them in this moment? You see, we get so twisted up about the changes that we're missing what God's doing right here in this opportunity, in this moment. And he wants to use this to, maybe he wants to use you in the middle of that trouble, in that situation, in that change, to bless someone or to help them or to show kindness to them. Or he wants to use it to train you. And you see it as an annoyance, so you're missing it. You're missing what God's doing. We need to keep our balance by knowing that our lives in God's hands. So let's look at how to face the changes in faith. The first one's pretty plain. Never argue with God. (laughs) Just don't. If you are, stop. Because it's a waste of time (laughs) and energy. First of all, never argue with God. Look at Isaiah 40, 45. Uh, Woe to him who quarrels with his maker, to him who is but a potsherd among the potsherds on the ground. That's a piece of pottery. Does the, the clay say to the potter, what are you making? Can you see a little animated piece of clay? Hey, what are you doing? And that's the only way it would happen. It doesn't happen in real life. Lumps of clay don't talk back to the one who's shaping them. And that's, that's what it's saying here. That, that's ridiculous. That's, that, is, that is crazy to talk back to the one who made you. On the, on the large scale of our lives, we need to realize we exist for a purpose. And what, what God wants is for us to come to the point where we decide to live for his purpose. If we do, Ephesians 1 tells us that uh, as you come into a relationship with Christ, he, he, the purpose for which he made you is that we might be for the praise of his glory. We live to glorify God. We live for his glory. And so on, on the large scale of our lives, it's important that we stay focused on what needs to happen, not how or where or when. It needs to happen. In other words, what needs to happen is I need to set my heart to do what God's made me to do. I need to fulfill my purpose in this situation. I want to glorify God by doing that. And the what and the how and the where, while I make my plans, I'm not going to argue with God about the ones he says yes and no to. I I am going to let myself be a, a moldable, shapeable lump of clay in his hands. And I'm not going to argue with him. 
Isaiah 64 says, Yet, O Lord, You are our Father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of Your hands. Set your heart on what? And as you're carrying out your plans of how and where and when, wait on God to show you which ones are going to be fulfilled. Second way to respond in faith to change is to surrender to God's will every day. From from our perspective, what happens is we make our plans. We want the day to go a certain way. We want our life to go a certain way. When it doesn't, then we struggle and we fuss and we fume because things didn't go our way. We didn't get what we want. The, The struggle with change is all about not getting what we want. Oh, that's not what I want. And so we're, we're tempted to throw a fit. We're fussing and fuming. In reality, everything that flows into our life passes through the hand of God. He allows it. Uh, as we read in Proverbs 16, he's not the source of evil, but he uses even the evil, even the wicked, for his purpose. And while we're fussing and fuming, we miss the opportunity in the moment to show kindness, to help someone out. All because we want to write our story and not allow God to be the author of our lives. Acts 3 says that Jesus is the author of life. And so we, we like to write our own story. We, we, we love to, to write the ending to our story. <laughs> that is out of our control. We, we don't know the outcome of our lives and the things that we're doing. And so faith comes in when we set our heart to do God's purpose. We learn more and more what he wants to do through, through us, and we trust him in his goodness. He is a good God who loves us, who will fulfill his purpose as we live it out. So rather than fussing and fuming when the changes come, we get our hearts set to take them and accept them from the hand of God. The right approach to your day, the right approach to your every day is found in the Lord's pattern for prayer that he gave his disciples in Matthew 6. This is what he said. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Several years ago I started, as I prayed and I'd get up in the morning and pray as I did that, I usually get up in the morning praying and get into scripture let God speak to me. As I did that I started praying that God would I surrender my, myself to him every day. God, would you do with me what you want today? I mean, I've got my plans. I've got things I've got to do. Use this day for your glory and help me to realize that the rearranging that you do is from your hand. And I want to cooperate with what you're doing. I don't want to get fussy. <laughs> and I don't want to fume and get all contorted about what's not going my way, but I want to do what you want me to do. And so that's an important step as we, as we pray. We praise God, we honor Him, and we get our hearts set to do what He's asked us to do, to do His will. It's not my kingdom that matters. It's not, not my will, but it's God's will and His purpose for my life. Third, make your plans in faith. I got to a point in my life where I, I felt I was discouraged and I was overwhelmed and I thought why plan <laughs> because this doesn't ever turn out the way that I want there's a way there's a point in church life where I got that you know it was, it was a long time ago but I got to the point where I thought why bother coming up with these ideas 
because it just doesn't seem to help. Woe is me. Poor little me. (laughs) But um, I've realized since then that I need to make plans. I need to think through the, the how and the where and the when, and at the same time wait for God to establish the plans that he's behind. And then as you, as you set your plans and you try to execute your plans, carry them out, you find out what God is behind. And then you're able to make better plans and you do better at that. So make your plans, but make your plans in faith. Proverbs 16 says, commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be established. The word commit literally means to roll a heavy weight onto someone who's stronger than you. So you have, you have the things that you need to accomplish. You have your purposes, the things that you've got to pull off. You roll them onto God. You commit them to God. And he's going to establish the plans that please him. So go ahead and make plans. But focus on the what in the midst of them. And you know what? God is in charge here. I need to just accept what comes from his hand. And I need to, to roll with the punches in the sense that Whatever I'm facing right here, whatever's in front of me, God's brought it here. And I want to be faithful with that. Uh, James 4, I didn't didn't put it on the listening guide either. It says, now listen you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will do this or that. Really, that's, that's what, how we need to talk, Lord willing. That's what I'm going to do today. By the way, if it's God's will, this is what's going to happen. We're, we're going to find out. Chuck Smith used to say, uh, blessed, or maybe still does, blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be broken. I heard that about 40 years ago. That's really helped me. I'm a, I'm a rut guy. I mean, rigid. I like just grinding it out one step after the other. It really helps understand that as my plan falls apart, God's plan is not. God has a purpose for what's going on in my life right now. Trusting in God and his providence allows us to flex when things aren't going our way or when change occurs. Fourth thing we can do to face uh, change in faith is trust God to fulfill his purpose for you. David made this statement in uh, Psalm 138. And he says, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the work of your hands. Um, that was in the middle of some intense struggles in his life. And we get that way, uh, where there's so much change, so much going on. We feel pulled in many directions. We're trying to sort through it all. We're trying to get our hands around it and understand what God's doing. In the midst of that, it's important to know God will fulfill his purpose for you, whether or not you're cooperating with him. That's what Proverbs 16 was saying. It just goes way better if you do, if you cooperate with him. I read this passage, in, this verse in my quiet time a couple of days ago. Psalm, my quiet time, that's when I get up and pray and read the Bible. Uh, Psalm 142.3, When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, you knew my path. See, we don't see the path. We have a lamp. We can see a couple steps. We don't see the, God sees the path. 
He's in charge. He's good. He loves you. He loves us. And He wants to guide you and I to the best kind of life. Abundant life. Super abundant. Superior. But we've got to trust Him. And in the moment, rather than fuss and fume, we've got to work with Him. God, what, kind of, what should I do? How do I deal with this? How do I handle it? And God comes through every time. There are some next steps on your listening guide. They're also on the connection card uh, that we're going to ask you to fill out in a couple minutes. But there's some next steps that you could take in response to what we've talked about this morning. Uh, the first one is to memorize Proverbs 16.9. That verse really helps me. Uh, the mind of a man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. That may be something that you'd like to do in response to this. Secondly, maybe you need to surrender your plans to God, your dreams and your plans. Say, God, this is what I'd like to happen. This may not be what you want. I'm going to hand it over to you. Surrender my plans to you. Um, another step that maybe God's laid on your heart to take is to stop arguing with the Lord about your life. Just stop. Maybe you've been arguing, griping, arguing. And then uh, finally to surrender to God's will as you're, as you're walking through life every day. Um, those are some, things, some steps that you could take, some things that you could do if you want. Maybe God said some other things to you that you'd like to follow through on as well. Would you, would you pray with me as we wrap up the message? Father, we thank you for your word that gives us uh, your perspective on life. Father, thank you for your faithful guidance. The fact that we can trust you to be working in our lives to help us to uh, find your way. And my prayer is, God, that uh, as we've decided in our hearts to step out to do some things that you've laid on our hearts, that you give us the power to do that and that we might obey you and find your blessing as we, as we walk with you. Lord, we ask for this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.